the champion. Oh, hi. Welcome to Keith and the Girl. I'm Keith Malley. I'm Chemda. Chemda, we just had silent trailers live last night. Man, today feels good. How are you feeling? Well, uh, I, I was flip-flopping between you winning and everybody else winning, so I feel like I come out as a winner no matter who wins. Dale said, Keith, you're going to win this thing. I can feel it. You got this, man. Dale, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to spoil it for when it comes out, but... You are absolutely right. I won. VIP members can see these shows that we do live for free. Silent Trailers, the greatest game show ever made. Also, VIP members, you get all the spinoff shows we've ever done, including every show we've ever done over 15 years easily. Uh, new shows for VIP, for example, Carmen Lynch in, uh, in a commune right now of sorts. Uh, she was able to join Kyle again for nonsense. New episodes in there. Diamond Dogs, what are we yelling? Well, we're barking about the James. We're having a dog fight right now. Very exciting stuff. A whole bunch of everything right there. KeithandTheGirl.com slash VIP. All right. Now, let's talk this about is, the this news. This is interesting, Keith, because before the quarantine and all this stuff, uh, you weren't really seeing your friends as much, and now you're more in touch. Isn't it interesting? The more you're in touch with friends, the more fighting happens. And I think in general. Well, Kenda said, hey, you're meeting your friends more since the quarantine, ironically. And I said, yes, and I'm also losing them. So (laughs) uh, we're at 100 days now with this COVID-19, right? Uh, George Floyd protest over two weeks to have them both at the same time. I I wonder if that's I wonder if the if COVID is what sparked this uprising you see in the streets. And when I say in the streets, I mean, literally worldwide. Uh, I mentioned this on Diamond Dogs. Why did George Floyd's death become the catalyst for everything? Quite frankly, it's another police brutality. I don't know the difference. I compared it to Twitter and comedians will like spend time working on a joke and nobody gives a shit. Then one time they just throw something out there sitting on a toilet and and it goes viral. Did COVID have something to do with this murder taking off especially. Because I, do, I know eight minutes, you see this video, this guy being uh, nailed to death. To me, comparatively, I didn't find it so egregious. Why this one? Thank goodness, but why this one? I don't know. You could be right. Uh, you know, the way I was picturing us coming out of quarantine was so much more different. You know, uh, sort of like rubbing our eyes, like now we can see in the sunshine. But Instead, we came out fighting. It's so interesting. We we gathered in packs right away. Yeah. Uh, so maybe because you're so, um, you just have like a different perspective from your house sitting there, and right. you just it, it it people jumped out of their seat. I think it, especially after the curfew, is just uh, you start getting nervous that not only the government is not on your side, but is now punishing you actively, constantly. I mean, I know that that's how a lot of people felt already in this country, but yeah, maybe it was because we were all in this together, now we're all in this other thing together. And I know I use the word all very loosely. Right. Yeah, you remember when COVID started and some people had theories like it was some kind of government conspiracy. And I said, absolutely not. The last thing the government wants you to do is have nothing to do. Go to your stupid nine to five. Don't get too far ahead. Go home, pick up a six pack, watch your TV shows, go to bed, do it again. The last thing you want us to do is be on our computers bored and go, Google government, (laughs) Google legislation. 
<laughs> Google super PACs. Google. Yeah. Follow Trump's tweets and now you have like, you have the time because there's no other thing except for, you know, watching your children. It's, it's a lot of, that's the thing is we all feel like we have a lot of time because we are quarantined, but then we feel like time is passing because everything requires this next level of patience that it just feels like time is not a thing anymore. So maybe that's another reason. It's, it, we, we all, we all now at the same time, understand uncertainty to a level that we, you know, we could have been preached to, we could have been told about, you know, nothing's certain, everything is just going to go the way it's going to go. But now we just knew no one could tell you what's happening tomorrow. So maybe that had to do a little bit with it. I see things are being uh, opened up, of course, as you do too. Um, Congratulations to everybody betting the odds in uh, Vegas now. Good luck. Is Vegas open now? Vegas is now open. Huh? Are they? Huh? Uh, is there a limit? Uh, they, I, to you know, anything? It, no, they, no, they. When they're at a blackjack table, they have one seat between them, as I if see. when you scream your droplets in joy, <laughs> you're not hitting anybody. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seems like everything's okay in terms of that, but I'm not jumping to the casino right now. Right. I would love to, don't get me wrong. And also remember initially we had this theory and we understood it was stupid and ignorant, but that the casinos would have the best air because they're constantly filtering it. Everyone's mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes in there and you can't even smell it. So, you know, the, the stupid cartoon like idea is you cough and then the, whatever gets rid of that smoke is getting rid of whatever's in your cough. Right. That's I a like hell of that. a filter. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to just hold on to that and stay in my ignorance and go gambling, but... Um, the, I saw ABC News had, uh, you know, they have, everybody does. You, have, you can set your TV to closed caption. And the news reporter was talking about people using Molotov cocktails. Of course, you know, gasoline in a bottle and you light the rag and throw it. Uh, but the, either they're autocorrect or the typer misheard for closed caption and wrote, trying to use Mazel Tov cocktails to burn up police. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking man of Shevitz. You know, I saw that as a, a headline and I was like, whatever this is, I can't. You know, because this is, this is one of those, okay, can we throw this one away, you know? Right. And can we, can we talk about how people are so comfortable holding the Molotov cocktails? Am mm-hmm. I such a pussy that I would get it so wrong? I'd be like, oh, there's gasoline on my hand. I got to throw it now. And then it's just too soon and it kind of peters out. And I don't, how are people so comfortable with this? Kenda throws the bottle, then the match. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. I, I saw this. Speaking of Jewish things, in Jewish news, our friend Noah Garden Schwartz just had the bris for his newborn baby. The bris happens on the eighth day, uh, you know, more often than not. It's a and circumcision wrote, in front right. of your whole family so that the baby begins to be shamed right away. <laughs> How can you be and live a guilty life without shame within the first eight days of your life? Cry, little baby bitch. I will chop off a portion of your penis that only God likes. And I've been to uh, a synagogue or two before, and you know these rabbis, they all want to be comedians. You're telling me these rabbis are making jokes like, Show me his penis. 
No, come on. That can't be it. That's a joke penis. Show me the real <laughs> penis. I'm kidding. It's a fine penis. Let me uh, cut it and suck the blood. So Noah. There's, there's who, that. And, and uh, they're perfectly comfortable not only removing the foreskin in front of everybody and deciding that that's holy, but also to drug the kid right after as uh, an anesthesia, not uh, on his dick, in his mouth. Dip, you dip the at least my family did. You dip the pacifier in either whiskey or wine or whatever, and you shut that kid right up. We know we just mm. took your cock, but, uh, right. you know, here, take this, and you're welcome. It's uh, The bris is usually followed by a meal, but then there's the rabbi going, mm, I'm full, though. You know, yeah, oh. least, I mean, I really hope Noah, I feel like I know him. I really hope when the priest went to, like, suck the blood, the rabbi, that Noah jumps in and goes, I, I have an eyedropper. <laughs> I-, I got a strut, CVS. We can. We don't have to lick the and suck the. So Noah, whose name is Noah, as if that wasn't Jewish enough, keeps the tradition going. You know what he calls his son? Named him Moses. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Even in Jewish schools, you're gonna get shit. Moses. Oh my god! I mean, who's your? What's Noah gonna call his second kid? Abraham? Well, who gives a fuck what he does? <laughs> Moses? No, the best would be the second kid is called Jesus. And, uh, you know, let them fight. See who wins. Well, let's see how Moses does in school and life and jobs. Wouldn't it be great if if Moses became a climber? He's like, all I want to do is go up this mountain. It's like, no. He's going he's to go by Mo, right? <laughs> I, I never thought all those Mo's out there. I'm like, that's a silly name. Don't worry. It was weirder. It was Moses, <laughs> the, 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 the freedom fighter for all the Jews. It was Moses. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, your dad's a comedian. <laughs> Who the fuck are you to be called Moses? You'll see. Don't be doing frivolous TV shows. Well, maybe, that's, maybe that's what they'll fight over in the, Shab- in the Shabbat dinner. Like, right. well, Moses led the Jews out of Egypt after a ton of slavery. Well, Noah saved one of each kind on a boat at the end of the world. Well, I parted the Dead Sea. Well, I, <laughs> they're just right. going to fight biblically all their life. <laughs> uh, I saw, Kenda sent me this, by the way, is a clip uh, from the, this new segment, and it's been going on for easily 50 years, this new segment on, I believe it's CBS News, and it's called On the Road. And at the end of the evening news, they give you this two, three-minute feel-good piece. And it was called, this one was called A Lesson on Forgiveness. And it told this story of a black civilian, black man, who was uh, pulled over. Uh, do you remember why he was pulled over in the first place? He, uh, yes. <laughs> so he was walking down the street and he got arrested for drugs. Uh, he got incarcerated. He did four years of time. Then right. you cut to the white officer and he said that morning, the officer said that morning I woke up, I, I went to work and I went out on the street and I knew I was going to arrest someone for drugs. And so he planted the drugs. He admitted it. He planted the drugs and he, uh, he, he, he lied, you know. Now imagine, imagine how crazy. So the guy just says, I have these drugs. You know those aren't your drugs. Mm-hmm. Now you're in jail for four years. You know a cop just said this. So now, anyway, he was only they, in jail for four years because they caught this, this white guy, this, the officer. And it's funny because the officer in the beginning was just like, 
yeah, um, I did that. I absolutely did it. And you're like, this seems weird, but he's admitting to it. Then it, they say in the news, they, they go, um, and he was finally caught after several times of doing this. And right. you're just like, of course, what? he already got caught. He did, this guy, this officer did a year and a half. Now, he got caught and they said several different charges in the same uh, atmosphere of like, you know, fucking up. And uh, just blaming people for no reason. Right. And then and then he did a year and a half. He got out. Now, of course, they say the black guy was exonerated. But then you're just like, but he so lost, what? You lose everything. You start your life over now. And by the way, let's just take this one guy because we know about him. If he got four years, then the white cop gets four years. Easily. Yeah. I Perfect. say death, but and I'm not exaggerating, but okay. Uh, you, he easily gets four years. So the guy, but he also of, this isn't the only person he did. So not only does he get right. four years for this guy, he gets yeah. the three years the other guy. Yeah, of course. Uh, so anyway, we just know about this guy, and the uh, the guy gets out of jail, and he says, "All right, it's been four years." And I said, "You know what? I'm going to find this cop, and I'm going to I'm going to fuck him up." Of course I am. Well, anyway, it turns out in this town where they live, it's small. They both end up. They kind of speed up the story, but they both end up working at the same uh, faith-based coffee shop. And they show them in these tight corners, bumping into each other. Oh, excuse me. No, excuse me. Turns out, whoa, they're best buddies. And that is today's lesson in forgiveness. I assumed Kenda sent that to me to be like, hey, okay, here's a feel-good thing. I was pleased when she was disgusted too. It made me so angry. This is so sickening because we we already know that this is happening, but to spin it into a feel good story, look at this black man who had this 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 his life ruined and is forgiving this white guy. Because what the fuck else is he gonna do? I think that the guy's his boss working in this condition. Also, the black guy never did anything wrong. He he did not live a criminal life. This other guy did. He got one and a half years, and now. They're working in the same place, meaning after you didn't do anything, this guy ruined your life, you still have the same job and the same means as a person who lived his life corrupt when his job was to save you from corruption. How does that add up to be a a feel-good story? And how dare that whole fucking everybody who passed on that story to be a feel-good story? Right. Yeah, and and yeah, you're right about the uh, about the white guy and his and his attitude. I'm like, there's are they going to get to why he's okay? Because he's really coming off like I did it. Mm-mm. Yeah, shouldn't have. Totally shouldn't have. A year and a half, you you shouldn't be able to vote anymore. I assume I assume he can't. A, a year and a half. This other guy for four years in jail should get four million dollars. You shouldn't have to work with this guy or any other guy. They took away your life. Four years in jail for drugs, which, by the way, you know, eventually we're going to laugh at these in a terrible way. Uh, oh, we we took people who were using drugs and put them in jail. We put we took people, not pharmacists. We're going to have to differentiate because we can't just say drugs and pharmaceuticals because they're one and they will be one in the future. And we're going to look at this time completely disgusted. How it's so disgusting. And then when the news guy goes, and that was your feel good story. Have a good weekend. I'm like, did you see it? Or did they just tell you? Right. Honestly, (laughs) I would go, no, nope. No, that's, this isn't a feel good. This is a feel bad. This is stupid. This is stupid. It's for simpletons. And I'd be upset if a friend felt good after that. 
Oh, wow. What a time you must have had thinking about me. I'm like, oh, please, no, Hendra, please. <laughs> you, were, you were really watching it, maybe. You were cooking and it was in the other room. Right, right. Yeah, maybe. there's got to be a reason I'd be cool with this. I mean, so much going on, you know. And, then, and then, you start thinking about how you have the DA that works with the cops. What if the cops are the bad guys? Well, now we have a problem. This is what people are complaining about. They're complaining about these uh, grand juries that are obviously one-sided, that are secret proceedings. This is what they're talking about. And we're talking about lying cops, like like that feel-good story. I honestly think if you're a cop, you have so much power that, that when you abuse it in such a way, I don't think the death penalty is too much. But it, if we can't even debate that, then uh, in prison for the rest of your goddamn life. And I mean, like in a hole in sand with ants. But all right, that's debatable. Uh, here's here's some uh, some lies. You remember in Philadelphia, of course, the uh, man that pushed the um, uh, that pushed that 75 year old man to the ground. Right. Two officers mm-hmm. shoved the 75 year old man to the ground, left him lying there where blood poured out of his hair. They said, uh, oh, he tripped. It's like, well, thank God we have video and he didn't trip. And now we'll pretend that you're fired and stuff. That's what happened to that. Here's some more. In Philadelphia, a policeman said a man had pushed an officer off his bike. The video shows that instead, the officer just out of the blue striked a man with a, with a baton. He pushed me off the bike. But we have the tape. And actually, out of the blue, you smacked him in the head with a baton. That's okay. like uh, your therapist, instead of listening to you and sort of guiding you into a maybe more pos- positive understanding field into your life, just fucking hypnotized you and made you get naked at weird times in your life and then said, no, I didn't do anything. That's a bad comparison, but it's very, <laughs> I, I don't know where I got, that's terrible, but it, it it's so... It's so the opposite. It's it's my it's just crazy. And I, I love that we have cameras in our hands that so that, you know, maybe there could be a hint of justice somewhere. In Sacramento, a police officer punched a 14 year old boy multiple times while arresting him. The officer didn't mention the punches. The Minneapolis police's account of George Floyd's death left out the most important part, the kneeling on the neck for nine minutes. What, they left that out of their report? They left it. They didn't think the guys, they thought, um, who, who knows how many TikTok friends uh, these people with uh, video cameras have. So I'm just going to tell them we didn't knee on his neck. Well, you did, though. Nope. Here's 60 video angles. I did. Did you say neck? I didn't. That is what I nailed on, the neck. It all I mean, happened I- so fast in 10 minutes. I, I, I forgot. Obviously, that used to fly. You just wrote it on your report, and they said, yeah. you know, try to do something different next time, like, uh, you know, go where nobody is so that you can make sure that nobody's going to get in on this. But everyone's From- covering for everybody. This whole, like, bad apple shit is so annoying. Oh, you can't yeah. just keep covering up for rape and murder. That's insane. Right. And, and But, th- again, these, these bad apples, they keep finding the camera, apparently, somehow. And again, you know, if uh, a few apples were killing people, you'd recall apples. There's between my apartment and the studio, I pass, it's a police building. I don't know if it's necessarily a station, but it's obviously a a police building, faded out mural of uh, 9-11, NYC, uh, uh, you know, cop badge drawn everywhere. And then then the audacity to have one of those sarcastic signs that said, smile, and a smiley face, you're on camera. And there's cameras everywhere. 
It's like, no, motherfucker, you're on camera. And those cameras are facing out. They need to be facing in. You're on camera. You don't know that? Here's a little news story. Officer accused of pushing teen during protests has 71 uses of force cases on file. So, A, that's how many are on file, like I mentioned last week. Secondly, that's 71. Do you know what would have happened when I was a waiter and I got caught shitting in that milkshake to punish somebody? Do you know what would have happened to me? Okay, now let's say there were 71 shitting in milkshake cases. They're just on file. You caught me 72 times. And I go, well, we'll argue this 72 times. The 71 times were noticed, which never got resolved, by the way. Now, can I wait on table three? They've been waiting. Now, don't, don't you think that um, we, should, we should do something to the superior officer, to the, to the boss of that person? Sure, yeah. Because we're saying it's a systematic thing, and this is part of the system, is that somebody is signing off on 71 times. Wouldn't your manager get fired if you shat in a milkshake 71 times? <laughs> I cannot believe <laughs> but he's, our but comparisons he's so good. today. Right, but nobody reads the special like Keith. I mean, he really gives a fuck. Yeah, that's you. Oh, Keith, give a fuck, Mally. Every one of your bosses would have said that. I, I, I leave the, I shit in the shake. I get caught again. And I go, all right, see you guys tomorrow. And they go, no doubt. I love the waiter union. Listen, being a waiter is hard. And, you know, people don't respect you all day. And right. if you didn't spit in their food, they would spit right at you. You, you mark my words. By the way, you become a copper or a waiter with the same skill. You hiring? <laughs> that's it pass a gun test run a mile that's it <laughs> you're in honestly it takes no skill there's nothing to it there isn't there should be there is nothing to it think about the cops that you know maybe you have to go back to your hometown to know them they were the morons weren't they they were were they Hamda? uh yeah <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> They were the it fucking was, idiots. It was, it was the meatheads. So if they yeah. weren't morons, they weren't trying to showcase that fact. They were, yes, it was, they it weren't was, show, yes, they it was almost like they wanted to be in that light, you know, like, right. oh, as soon, as soon as you thought they were smart, they would push you. I, I like this uh, Twitter, this uh, tweet. It's from Julia Shiplett, uh, younger than us, of course, but she tweeted out, damn, just realized when I tell protesting friends to stay safe. I mean, from the cops. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It just came to her. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe from who? I, I'm seeing 60 million people in, the, in regular face masks, masks, civilians, and not one of them frightened me. Not one. But it's I, a gang. I kinda, it, yeah. But you see these cops, and you're like, oh, shit. Okay. That's be safe with them. All 50 states plus 18 countries have participated and Black Lives Matter, it is officially the largest civil rights movement in world history. Wow. Wow. Do my siblings get it now? Do they? What's the update? I'll tell you what bothered me. Oh, okay, boy. I'll give you just, just a little more of the same, and I could be nitpicking. But I, I want to play something at the end of this show. And viral, you may have seen it, but I think it's fantastic. Kimberly Jones, you can follow her online. Twitter account at Kim Latrice Jones. And, and she gives uh, her take on what people don't seem to understand, especially regarding uh, looting, rioting, all that stuff. Um, and and, my, and I, my sister happened to show this video, not knowing I was going to play it today, 
to the sibling threat. And the one brother, not even the one I was really bitching about last Monday, but this uh, other brother uh, says, okay, that one's pretty good. And it made me livid. I'm taking it as if he's saying, okay, well, that one's pretty good. I'll give you that one. Like it was presented to you in such a way that you're pleased, but why can't other people present it that way to me? Beep Mally. Why can't they do that for me? That's the way I'm taking it. Yeah. Right? Okay, that person did it pretty good. Really? Are you going to look into it more? No, they explained that. Did he follow it up with, but why are you so mad? Right. But does she have to yell? It was dramatic. When she cranked it up at the end, she knew what she was doing. Right. Say it. (laughs) Just say it. It's, it's, been, it's been 15 days. That crying's genuine. Oh, I don't know what I would have done. You know what, I'm, you know what I'm, I'm thinking? I've been thinking about, like, and Jerome started this conversation on Q&A, and um, this, this thing where people are like, oh, my family, they, they have this opposing view. They're, you know, they're just a little bit racist. They say these ignorant things. I try to let it go, blah, blah, blah. What am I, what am I supposed to do? Tell him to fuck off. And I'm not even kidding anymore. I was so, um, I don't know. I I gave everyone a pass about their family, not my family, because I got Mm -hmm. sick of everything they had to say. But if you think about it, you're asking my parents to stop being ignorant and racist and say dumb shit. But if you're not asking your own parents, if you're tolerating it because you got to go back for Christmas, then don't ask it of somebody else's family and don't ask it of Trump because Trump is somebody's dad too. Don't ask it of anybody. Whatever you want it to, it's, you, if you're an adult, not if you're a kid, if you're a kid, you know, you're under their power and supervision and I get it. But if you're 25 and over, especially if you live on your own, and, and you're okay, and even if you're not, frankly, but let's say you're okay, just to go back for Christmas, you're going to shut the fuck up, but then you're going to rally in the street. If you're not out to your parents about this bullshit and what the fuck they're doing, but you're in people's face about it, that's someone else's parent. It's time for your parent to pay also. Stop it. Don't go back but- for Christmas. I'm so sorry that you don't get that stupid pair of socks that you never wanted anyway. <laughs> you're an adult. You don't even collect nice. Uh, the, the Amish came out. When I say worldwide, the Amish came out. Do you know that when I saw the Amish come out, they came out two days ago? Do you know it was Rotten Tomato Throwing Day? That is the only fun they have once a week after a good, good uh, you know, barn building. They set aside Rotten Tomato Throwing Day to go out there and protest. The news got to them. Uh, Don't tell my brother that. Why would they have TVs anyway? Because there's such a fucking pounding of noise that got to the Amish somehow. You know, you don't have to turn on the news and you still figure out what's going on somehow. Because I don't know what you passed, a a billboard that got into your brain. Who knows? But the Amish know about it and came out with their signs. And they're disgusted by us. Like in general, all of us. In general, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they didn't make the coronavirus. But they came out anyway. On Rotten Tomato Throwing Day, of all things. Uh, here I'm looking in uh, England, Bristol, England. I'm, I see protesters uh, ripping apart and throwing out a statue of slave trader Edward Colston before hurling it into the harbor. So, you know, everybody has a history of bullshit. And uh, it's, it's setting the whole world on fire, no pun. And it's fantastic. Fuck these fucking statues. What the fuck are we doing? 
what are these statues? What dude you're so thrilled about that you're building a statue? You stand behind every fucking thing he's done, a statue, and then what do we do with that statue? You worship it? What's happening? Uh, Cayman Lee wrote, glad you mentioned Richmond in a recent episode. Yeah, I, I said they built down, they burned down this uh, Daughters of the Confederacy building. And to me, I loved it because don't be fooled. It's not actual like all daughters that work there. These are the assholes that do those Virginia statues. Uh, anyway, the city and state has removed, has moved, has moved to take them all down. So it's, it's understood that they're going to actually remove all those racist fucking Virginia Richmond statues. Good. Good. This is just a bonus. Good. We're not done, but that's, that's a good start. I saw the great Mark Wahlberg right on Twitter. The murder of George Floyd is heartbreaking. We must all work together to fix this problem. I'm praying for all of us. God bless. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Heart emoji. Prayer emoji. Heart emoji. And I'm like, oh, Mark, no, just this is what we talked about last week on Keith and the Girl. This is exactly what we talked about, whether it was uh, uh, whoever it was. Uh, Celebrities, you see it a lot about, especially just let us assume that Mark Wahlberg is on the side of good because he's a person. And don't let me even think about Mark Wahlberg. But now I think about Mark Wahlberg and I remember talking about all his hate crimes. I, t- I remember him uh, beating up Asians as a kid. I remember mind the racial slurs. He blinded a man that he just met on the street because he was Asian. Mark, shh, just shh. But because this is around the world now, you feel like I got to say something. No one cares about you. Nobody thought about you. They're eating their hamburgers until you go, hey, I'm here to fight the good. What? No, actually. You're one of the major fucking problems. And I forgot all about it. What is with these people that just can't shut their fucking mouths? Is there at all something to be said about now his followers um, maybe behave better? Maybe know the hashtag Black Lives Matter and his stupid people can be on the good side. I don't know. Are we are we supposed to change our minds? I'm not saying he gets a pass. He did those things, you know? I'm just saying, man, PR, it's getting harder and harder for those people, for people nope. that run celebrities and try to make them look good. Mark, fuck. What the hell? You know, Mark, you remember when Mark Wahlberg said if he was on uh, one of those 9-11 planes, he wouldn't let a plane crash into buildings? He would have, quote, taken care of it? Where's he during oh, these Lord. protests stopping these cars from running people over? You know, I mean, that wasn't your one chance, buddy. I, I, you know, I see, I see a lot of these cars running into people. Uh, Seattle, Brooklyn. That, that's, a, that's a big thing. You just get in your car and you start driving into people. Where, were you, where are you, buddy? Where are you at? J.K. Rowling. She wrote uh, the Harry Potter books. Just shut up for a fucking second. A lot's going on, on right now. And she's got to tweet out that she doesn't believe that there's a real thing called transgender. For a writer... Read the room. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> when did it's she do so that? It's so important. It's, she recently did, just the other day. There was an article. She's mentioned it before. And there's an article in, what, something by, called Devix. And they talked about, and it was about people who menstruate. And she complained on Twitter that it should point out 
that it's for women, not people who menstruate. What does that mean? So it has to be pointed out to her that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a woman to menstruate. You can be transgender or this kind of thing. And then she's fighting it. It's like, cool. Well, eat a a cucumber sandwich. Calm down. This this is important. Well, we can't let the whole world go to shit. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, so-called lesbians are. What do you do? Are you bored? Write a book. Write a book about it. Read it. Can't believe yourself. Throw it in the garbage. What's wrong (laughs) with you? Last show, we talked about how Amy Cooper got her dog back. This is where we lost connection. And the, Amy Cooper is the, um, the woman in Central Park who's, who cried to the cops, an African-American is about to hurt me. And then it's on, you know, she didn't think that person's camera would go viral. Was that in Central Park? That was in Central Park, the great Central Park. And I don't, not only did she not, I don't think she cared if that went viral or not. She's so blinded by her own righteousness that this is the way it goes and she will be right. Well, so the, and she was abusing the dog, this rescue dog, and she had to give it back because people were really calling her out. She lost her job, blah, blah, blah. She got the dog back a couple days later. And I said, Amy, wait two weeks. Because I don't know what the law is with these dogs. I mean, I guess I do now. It's anything fucking goes. Michael Vick has seven again. But I don't, you, you just got called out and you made a little apology about how you can't believe it and you have to pick up a book or two now. But in two days, you got your dog. Because, now, then teach a class because you figured it out pretty fucking fast. And, but now, this I enjoy. Uh, in New York, Governor Cuomo is asking state lawmakers to adopt the Amy Cooper 911 false accusation bill. Huh. Congrats, Amy Cooper. You get a law named after you. Fuck, though. That's, I think that's dangerous. I don't. I love it. We got ourselves a poll, folks. I don't know. That's, well, if, you know, if people are, well, well, people, you know what? Then, you know what? Somebody, you're saying like somebody smashes her house windows? Okay, call 911. No, it's not that. I feel like, um, you should be able to accuse people. It's just, it, it reminds me of how people are allowed to um, uh, sue, sue the person they raped and, you know, say, like, um, there are people suing people for accusing them of rape. So now okay. somebody raped you and you're being sued for defamation. It's sort of, it, it taints the waters. Does that make sense? Mm, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I need to sit and think about it for a minute. But it, it like first reaction is, "Ooh, that sounds a little scary." But like, how about because this, this case not- is very obvious. Yes, of course. Right. Yes, this case is very, very obvious, and and she should get punished some kind of punishment for it. But um, I don't know. What if you? I'm Call, you, I don't do, know. I don't, want, I don't want to start, you know. Yeah, I do think Keith, about it. Well, I'll take care of it. You rest. <laughs> you go with Keith's law and you mm-hmm. play it cool as a 911 operator and you go, hey, we're actually right around the corner. Um, what, what should we do? Like, should we take him down with like force, jam his head into the fucking concrete? And then what? Like, like rough him up good? And then, of course, you know where this is going, folks. 
Whatever she says you do to this African-American, that's what's done to her. I think he should be in jail for at least a year. Done. Amy Cooper, jail, one year. Anything you think should have. That's what you do. You do that during the phone call. Or the cop can do it because you can't have like clever and serious 911 operators. You don't know who you're going to get. Uh, but, you know, the detective could say, hey, okay, come to the police station. Okay, so what happened? Meanwhile, the detective obviously already saw the tape. Yeah, and of course, he's going to side with the side of good because they're such angels. I mean, yeah, it's a corrupt system, so your system has to work outside of that. Baby, baby, did I say baby? <laughs> baby, you get me riled up. Baby, uh, yeah, we're talking about after we, um, you know, defund everything and make things uh, better. You know, oh, yes, yeah, sure, sure, it's sure. not it's not time to give up. You know, the utopia the need, of worlds. Oh, well, th- this is going to end sometime. So you got to have ideas ready, <laughs> you know. All right, sweetie cakes. Oh, my God. I don't know. I got passionate. Well, that's interesting uh, that that when you catch that tone, that's when you're <laughs> talking to Kyle. <laughs> don't worry about the fucking behind the scenes. All right. <laughs> but come on. You, you know, you have you had to see this uh, trending, everybody. When people say Black Lives Matter, that's all they're asking for to matter they want equality that all they're asking for is to matter and, and by the way you want to talk about who's the better person them after everything over 400 years and they just want to matter i was, I was thinking about like 9 11 and we're new york strong do all the cities go what we're not strong <laughs> you know kind of got a tumor i didn't look up percentages about other things that kill in the world no we're, t- we're talking about that now Fragile little bitches. Why are you challenging? This happened to siblings of mine. Why are you challenging what's, what's out there? No one's really blaming you. So just listen. Okay, that's it. Just listen. I, I said that, that game analogy of mine where to me, it's like, let's say you're playing Monopoly and uh, you see somebody's cheating. Like, this is like kind of an analogy for life. And when you see somebody, you see somebody doing something wrong. We all have the, okay, let me start over. (laughs) This is my analogies. They're not easy, right? They are not easy. So let's say you're playing Monopoly, but you're fully naked, right? You don't know how the, the, uh, the mental guy got you there, but you are. Okay. So you, life is like these games. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And you, it's, we all have the same kind of house rules. So we know how to play. And when somebody cheats in life or in a game, you catch them and you take care of it. But then you catch some motherfucker that's taken 500s out of the Monopoly board and keeps shoving them in his pockets until eventually you're going to go, fuck this, and flip over the whole fucking game. And then you got people going, whoa, that's too much. I'm like, no, this is where we're at. Fuck this game. This clip I'm going to show you does a little game analogy. Uh, she's Kimberly. She talks about another little game analogy. Uh, uh, yeah, th- Kimberly might have a better grasp on Monopoly than you. So sure, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just saying. And uh, in, in, in this clip, you'll hear she references uh, the Tulsa race massacre back in I believe it was 1921, that where you know black people are. Hey, we got to become our own people. We have to have our own society. We're we're way behind it. We're not allowed to catch up. And, and, you know, white people came in and, and destroyed it. Do you know what, how I found out about that? From the Watchmen TV show. From a TV show about superheroes, I learned about the Tulsa massacre. That is insane. It's embarrassing and it's insane. 
So, by the way, the, the, what you're going to hear is about six and a half minutes. And I know nowadays that's a lot, but I don't know. Kind of put it to, it's, when you compare it to how long uh, George Floyd was choked out, uh, it's not even close. So look at it that way. But I think it's pretty interesting. And even I had a brother that said, hmm, that one's pretty good. <laughs> so I think it might move you, okay? It's, you know, the, the cartoon should be somebody in a chokehold, like somebody choking someone. And, uh, and the person's like, I can't breathe. And the other person goes, explain to me why in biological terms, why you can't <laughs> breathe or I'm not letting go. I can't explain it right now. No, explain it to me the way I understand it. Explain it to me as you die. Explain it to me as you're fighting for your life. Right. Uh, and by the way, don't curse. We don't need cursing. Okay. Let's just all be nice about it. Picture how dumb training's going to be now, though. Let's say all this starts getting taken care of or try to anyway, and they got to go, all right, so you know how you always, you, know, you were teaching the cops, if they can talk, they can breathe. So you, you got to stop that because sometimes you can't really breathe, but you could talk. So let's explain. Officer Dennis, come up here. And I now, actually- try I, to talk. Now, we all heard his words, right? What did he <laughs> say? He said the whole alphabet, right? But- Officer Dennis, could you breathe? No, I really couldn't. Okay, we learned a lot. Well, I don't think we learned it unless, you know, listen, we could still hear him. Let's try for six, seven minutes because right, according to right. you, that, that's cool. And not only do they actually do learn that, they do learn the chokeholds that will kill, not the ones that will just hurt you. Like right. they know if you put your knee there for a long enough time, you're killing someone. It, it's absolutely thought out. He intended to kill this person. I don't, I don't know what the question is. He knows. He, he's a police officer, and he knows if he keeps kneeling on this guy's fucking neck that that's where you breathe from. So he knew that he was killing him. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this clip I'm going to play, it did go viral, and Kimberly Jones wrote, I'm in a surreal That's your universe. profession. That's your profession is to know how people die. It's actually part of it. It's part of your training. This will kill them. This will kill them. This won't kill them. This will maim them. This will hurt them so hard they'll scream for their mommy. You know all of these things. You know all of the holes that do everything. That's bullshit. And if you didn't know that, you should be fired anyway and thrown in jail because you don't know your job. You don't know that kneeling on a neck is going to kill someone. Who are you explaining that to? Who are you talking to when you say shit like that? Okay, sorry, go. No, if you don't, if, if you don't understand, after this clip I'm going to play, the burning of buildings and uh, rioting and all this, then, the, then you're not listening and you're not, you're not giving a fuck. Because when it comes to that topic, uh, Kimberly Jones explains it perfectly. And when your response is, that one was pretty good. No, what Kimberly says is fucking great. Plus, she's not the first one. I'm so sorry. I'm glad sure. this is going viral, but everyone has been explaining this. This is right. not new. Why don't everybody go and watch 80s stand-up from, from the people who were um, very, 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 very famous. Any black comics, just turn that on, and they are saying this exact thing, and you're laughing because you get it, but you don't know how truthful it is. Now go listen to it and know that everyone has been telling you this in every possible way. They've been telling you in joke form. They've been telling you in serious form, TED Talks, YouTube videos, podcasts. What is it? So here's another version. So I've, I've been seeing a lot of things talking of the people making commentary um, 
interestingly enough, the ones I've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um, rioting, we should not be looting, we should not be tearing up our own communities. And then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket. We should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money. Um, but, you know, I feel like we should do both. And I feel like I support both. And I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three type of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up. And that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters. And the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why, and that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then, let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting, that's their only opportunity to get it. We need to be questioning that why. Why are people that poor? Why are people that broke? Why are people that that food insecure, that clothing insecure, that they feel like their only shot, that they are shooting their shot by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need. And then people want to talk about, well, there's plenty of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child, I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money. I didn't allow you to have anything on the board. I didn't allow for you to have anything. And then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores, where we owned our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them, and then you have to turn it over to them.
So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your cards. They burn your Monopoly money. And then, finally, at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now, at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood. How can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have. That if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge.